0: Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. This is found on page 582 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. But before I read that to you, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear And the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Isaiah chapter 40, beginning with verse 25. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint and grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of my favorite ministry opportunities each month is to come in here in our sanctuary and join with our preschool students for chapel service. We do it twice a month. On a Wednesday morning, all 90 or 100 of our preschool students come and sit right here in these first few rows, and we share a little chapel time with them. Sometimes I do the devotion, sometimes another staff member does the devotion, or another teacher does the devotion, but But my uh, tradition is that when the chapel service is over, I go and stand right by that door over there, and I give every child a high five as they leave the room, just so that they can see me, so that they're comfortable with me, and so that I can pick my own spirit up, because they bring me a lot of life when they're here on our campus each week. It's fun to see the children as they come closer to me. The, the younger ones especially are a little tentative. Someone, a, some of them, as I hold my hand out, will kind of be shy and not want to give me a high five. Others might give me a very polite high five, just barely touching my hand. But as the kids get older, they get bolder. In fact, the four-year-olds and the five-year-olds have started this little contest of su- seeing who can give me the hardest high five. Some of them will start winding up from their shoulder and smack me as hard as they can. Others will take a running leap and jump and try to smack it. Others will use both hands and try to pop my hand as hard as they can. And I always kind of shake my hand and say, ooh, that was a tough one. After 90 high fives, my hand does get a little red and sore each Wednesday morning. But a couple of weeks ago, there was one young man came up to me and popped me really hard. It echoed throughout the sanctuary, and he froze. I thought for a minute he was gonna stop and apologize for hitting my hand so hard, but no, he was proud. (laughs) He turned around and looked at me and said, was I the strongest? And I said, yes, you were the strongest. He put both hands up like this and marched out of the sanctuary right through that door. From a very early age, we all want to be Strong. We want to be the strongest if we can. We certainly don't want to be weak. No matter what we do in our life, we want to be known as one of the strongest. We want to know, be known to be strong people, to have strong families, to have a strong bank account, and to have a strong church. We measure that strength in lots of different ways. We measure our physical strength by how much weight we can lift or how far we can run or how much stress our bodies can endure. We measure the strength of our economy by all kinds of things, about the unemployment rate or the interest rate or the stock market. We we measure the strength of our own home incomes by how much uh, expenses we have every month or how much we might have in our savings account. We want things to to be strong all around us. When we're, we're applying for a new job, we want our resume to be strong. When we're waking up in the morning, we want our coffee to be strong. And when we're working on the Internet, we want our Wi-Fi signal to be strong. We want things to be strong because the stronger we are, The more able we are, we think, to take care of ourselves and hopefully to take care of other people. Well, our theme for stewardship season is to renew our strength. We're going to be talking about over the next few weeks what it means to have a strong church and what we need to do to make this church stronger and how we can be stronger so that we can share that strength with other people. But today, we're going to begin by looking at that passage about renewing our strength, the theme for our entire month, rising up with wings like eagles, running and not be weary, walking and not faint, waiting on God to renew our strength, because we need to remember where the source of our strength comes from. That's what the prophet Isaiah was trying to tell the people of Israel here in the midst of the exile the Israelites were all out in the Babylonian Empire, spread out through all the world. I guarantee you they felt pretty weak as a nation. They had lost a sense of themselves, lost their language, lost their culture, lost their religion, in fact, and were probably looking to find strength in lots of other places, worshiping other gods, living in, in other communities, trying to find help and strength and all sorts of places, and it's there in the midst of the exile, in the midst of their weakest moment where God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? God is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Those who wait on that God will renew their strength. They'll rise up with wings like eagles. They'll run and they won't get weary. They'll walk and they won't faint. Now, I don't know about you, when you read this passage, if you're a process person like me, you might think this, these three little statements are in the wrong order. That if we're trying to figure out how to grow stronger, that first we have to learn how to walk, and then we learn how to run, and then we learn how to fly. But the prophet Isaiah is not trying to teach us how we earn strength for ourselves. No, he's trying to do the opposite. The prophet Isaiah is trying to tell us that no matter where we are in life, whether we're flying, whether we're running, or whether we're walking, our strength always, always comes from God. John Claypool, the preacher and the professor, says the same thing in one of his little books called The Hopeful Heart. He says that these three little statements in the prophet Isaiah tell us that God's strength is around us all the time, everywhere, even when we take it for granted. These three different statements tell us three different ways that we experience God's strength or that God's strength is there even when we're not experiencing it. He starts with flying on wings like eagles. He calls that the gift of God's miracles. This vision of an eagle, this image of an eagle, is used several times throughout the Old Testament to show us God's providence, God's miracle, God's power. It's used first in Exodus 19, when when God tells the people, reminds the people, that I flew in and bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you out of the land of Egypt. And then in the book of Deuteronomy, he tells this beautiful poetry about this mother eagle who goes up to a high place and builds this beautiful nest to raise the eaglets in this nest. And the eaglets are nourished by this mother until they grow healthy and strong and they start to grow wings of their own and then they jump out of the nest to try to fly and they fall. They plummet to the ground. It looks like everything is disaster until that mother eagle swoops in underneath them and catches them on her wings and brings them back up to the high place. A miracle. That's what we pray for most often when we pray for God's strength. We pray for this providence to enter in like a lightning bolt, to come and grab us where we are and pull us out of danger, to swoop in and catch us just in the nick of time before our feet touch the ground. I know some of you have experienced Strength like that in your life where God has answered prayers dramatically and overwhelmingly. I think about times in my own life when that has happened. I told you one of those stories about one of my patients at the hospital named Benny who was in need of a liver transplant for months and months on end. He was living at the hospital praying every day. We thought all hope was lost. And then one Easter Sunday, he got his liver transplant. We all said, oh, well, that was quite the coincidence, but not Benny. He said, no, that was a miracle. Our woman came to our back door a couple of years ago here at the church. She had just gotten a new job, but she was late on her car payments, and she knew her car was about to be repossessed. She came asking us if we would give her a bus pass so she could get to work and get her her first paycheck, and I said, well, we don't give bus passes, but I could probably make one of your car payments for you until you get to that first paycheck, and she said, oh my goodness, it's a miracle. I said, no, 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 that's just what we do, and she said, no, 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 that's an answer prayer, that's a miracle. Maybe you've had instances like that in your own life where the tests have come negative or the the results have shown that the cancer's in remission or somehow, some way, you got the job you didn't even think you were qualified for and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt somebody swooped in and grabbed you and caught you before you hit the ground. But the problem with this first example of God's strength is that it doesn't always work that way. And when we pray for that time and again, and we don't get those miracles we want, we take for granted all the other ways that God shows us God's strength. Like that second way, running and not growing weary. John Claypool calls this the the gift of collaboration, the gift of partnership that we have with God. We're running, doing our best, doing our part, using our gifts, using our skills, using our time, using our money, and God is using God's strength to build up the kingdom of God. It's really what the church is all about, this partnership that we have with God. It's our job to use everything we have to dedicate our whole lives to the glory of God, to run and run, to run the race that God puts before us, trusting that God will not let us grow weary. God will keep us going with God's strength. I think about that every time I come into this church, this church that's about to celebrate its 70th anniversary, 70 years of ministry right here at Faith Presbyterian Church. I think about those names on the wall outside of the people who took the leap of faith and started this church many years ago. And if we could ask them all again, I guarantee you they would say, we weren't alone when we did that. Someone was helping us. When we think back to our staff, people like Glenn Bass or Tom Borland or Shannon Goosey and all the wonderful work they did, I guarantee you they would tell us, I didn't do it alone. Or the elders and the deacons or the people like you who have given so faithfully to this church over the years, I guarantee you they would tell you there was someone else greater than us that was giving us strength to keep running. This church has run through high hills and low valleys, but the problem with this example of strength is too often we just think it all depends on us. And we forget we're just partners. We stop and think that, well, if it weren't for me, this place wouldn't be what it would be. And we forget that we would be nothing without God. We forget it's that strength of God that keeps us running, that keeps us from growing weary. I had this thought the other night as I was pulling pumpkins off of that truck. I thought, man, I don't want to be here. But where would they be without me? Then I realized, it doesn't depend on me. I keep running because somebody keeps holding me up. I keep running because somebody keeps giving me vision, giving me hope, giving me purpose, giving me life. That's the strength that comes when we keep running and realizing that That weariness keeps staying away. And then there's that final type of strength. It's the final type of strength, the one that's probably the most prevalent in this world, but the one that we take for granted the most, walking but not fainting. I guarantee you a lot of us know what that feels like. Every day you get up and you don't know how you're going to put one foot in front of the other, where does the strength come from to get up and keep trying and keep moving when all hope seems lost to keep putting one foot in front of the other when you know you just can't make it one more day and somehow some way the sun rises the day comes and we keep moving forward John Claypool called this the gift of endurance God giving us the strength to endure no matter what this world at us. He experienced this in his own life, in fact. He told this story in that little book, A Hopeful Heart, about losing his own daughter to leukemia. She had been diagnosed and given 18 months to live, and after 18 months and 10 days, she passed away. And he was heartbroken, so sad, not knowing what to do with his life. His life was completely at sea. How could he serve as a minister anymore? One day he was visiting a church member at the hospital a few months after his daughter died, and he bumped into a rabbi friend of his who asked him a startling question. He knew the story that John had been through, and he asked him, in all that time of darkness, did you ever see God at work? Well, his initial reaction was, no, of course not. But after he took a few moments to think, he realized that the doctors and nurses were there for him every single day, working their hardest, showing compassion and love. He realized that his church had surrounded him in every moment and never never given up on him, always cared for him, filling his house full of food and filling his mailbacks full of cards. And he thought of his daughter with her own courage with her own strength, with her own positive attitude, even to the very last day. And he realized, yes, there were bits of strength every single day in the midst of that darkness, step by step, keeping me from falling flat on my face. It's not a process that we try to earn. It is a gift from God that comes to us every single day of life, whether you are flying or whether you are running or whether you're walking. And that's what Isaiah wants those people in the exile to remember, is that even now, the strength of God is with you. And whether God catches you before you fall, or whether God just keeps you moving so you don't fall on your face, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that this God hasn't abandoned us. It's a miracle that this God is still with us. It's a miracle that when we feel like we can't go on, God picks us up and holds on to us. Every time I read this passage from Isaiah, I think about my friend, Ed Anderson, who was my minister many years ago. He tells a story from his own life years and years earlier when he was serving as a chaplain at a VA hospital. He met a patient there named Howard Wofford, who was a wonderful, inspiring man. Howard, when he was a a younger man, right before he was about to get married, in fact, he was about 21 years old, and he dove into a swimming pool and broke his neck and became a quadriplegic. For months and months on end, he lived completely paralyzed in this hospital, losing his mind, not knowing what to do, how to live. They had called off the wedding, and he was now all alone, just spending his money trying to take care of himself. But now, months and years later, my friend Ede was sitting in a hospital room with him, inspired by all that Howard had done. He was now uh, finding ways to serve the hospital on their hospital advocacy board. He had partnered with the doctors to create lots of different equipment that allowed him to live a fuller life. He could operate his chair with just breathing into a tube and operate his bed with breathing into a tube. He could speak into a machine and type into a computer. He was managing a portfolio. He was doing all sorts of things. And there, Chaplain Ed Anderson asked him, You are so amazing, Howard. Where did you find the strength to do all these things? And Howard said, Well, Chaplain, it pays to go to Sunday school. I was born on eagle's wings. Even here, paralyzed in a bed, I was born on eagle's wings. God's strength has never left me. Even when I couldn't tell that it was there, God's strength never left my side. And so even now, I know that I'm loved. Even now, I feel like I am flying. As we think about this next year and how we can be stronger, As we think about this next year and maybe the next 70 years and how we can show strength to our neighbors around us in need, we have to start, once again, by remembering where our strength comes from. That remembering every day of our lives is a miracle when we get to dwell in the grace and the love of God. And so wherever you are, whether you are flying or whether you are running, whether you are barely just keeping your feet in front of you step by step, know that God's strength is with you every step of the way. And that should give us inspiration to keep looking forward with hope to the glory of God. Amen.